Hey there, this is Dr. Danielle Eaton, the founder of Aligned Women. We help women in chiropractic just like you to grow profitable practices without sacrificing being present with your family. You're listening to the Aligned Women podcast, the original podcast for women in chiropractic. If you want more time with your family and more money in your bank account, you're in the right place. Be sure to take our Aligned Practice quiz to find out how aligned your practice is. You can find it at www.alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. Now sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy today's episode. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm here today with Dr. Ariel Probasoli for a new member spotlight. So, Ariel, I'll let you introduce yourself and your practice. Okay. Uh, I'm Dr. Ariel Provasoli, and my practice is Flow Chiropractic and Family Wellness Center. And I also run a nonprofit um, called Love Just Community Wellness, and we're located in Berkeley, California. I actually forgot about the nonprofit <laughs> as we were yeah. talking about um, what we were going to be talking about today for your member spotlights. So maybe we'll touch on the mem- or, sorry on the um, nonprofit a bit as we go along. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so um, in preparation for this interview today, you've shared with us a little bit of background that I didn't know about you, even though I've <laughs> known you for two years, yeah. which I thought was interesting. So, can you talk more about what? brought you to chiropractic as a profession? Yeah. Um, so I, my dad was a chiropractor is well, was a chiropractor. Um, and, uh, he, uh, I was born in Davenport, Iowa, right before he graduated from chiropractic school. And that makes you like, like a legit chiropractor. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. Even if I never became one, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so uh and so I grew up in his practice. My mom worked in his practice a lot, grow like, you know, growing up his first first practice in Massachusetts and then we moved to Washington and um I grew up in various practices there. Um and and, and worked in his office as a teenager. Um, and then I moved, graduated from college, wanted to be a jeweler and um, an artist. And I had this fantasy of living in San Francisco because of the art scene and the activism. And I moved there in 2005 alone. Um, I was supposed to move with my best friend. I ended up moving alone because she couldn't do it. And, um, I was in a series of bike accidents, um, bicycle accidents and hit my head and had, um, some numbness, uh, in my arms. And I was like, okay, I got to go see a chiropractor and was looking for a chiropractor who did sliding scale because I, I managed a cafe and I didn't have insurance. And I, you know, I just, I, I knew that that's what I needed to help me, but I also, I wanted somebody who would give me a little bit of a break. Um, and I feel like I've come 360 with that one. <laughs> so, um, so I found this woman who, whose practice was near my work and she did network spinal analysis and I was going into her uh, office to get treated a couple of 
times a week. And I was always going after work, which was like two in the afternoon. And there was no one there except for like a couple other people. And she kept I had amazing results with network and I had grown up in, you know, full spine, like osseous. And so I was surprised by that. And I, yeah, um, I had amazing results and she was like, and I was also in this period of my life where I was trying to figure out what I was doing. Like I was really like, I knew I didn't want to manage a cafe forever. And I knew I wasn't doing something I was very passionate about, even though I like loved my life. Um, And oh, and I wasn't doing jewelry because there was no money in that industry whatsoever, like entry level. So, um, so she kept telling me like, you should become a chiropractor. It's in your blood. Like, this is what you should do. You could help people. You could work with your hands, all the things that I wanted, knew I wanted to do. And, um, it just, I just had this program that. I wasn't smart enough to do the math and the science. I had transferred from a four-year state college or uh, university to a state college um, where I didn't have to do any math or science to graduate. Um, so I had no credits whatsoever. And I was like, no, it's, that's just too much work. I don't, uh-uh, you know. Um, and one of the only other people who was coming in during that period of time, like, was this retired math professor from SF State. And so she kept telling him, Ariel's gonna go to chiropractic school. <laughs> and he was, and I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, I'll tutor you. And I was like, uh. And everything, it was like everything just happened. I don't even know if I made a decision about it because it was like, he started tutoring me. I took all these classes that I needed to take at the community college. And then I started taking like a, um, uh, the pre the other prerequisite classes that I needed to take. And I took out a shit ton of loans for those. Can I say that? Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) And I, um, and I was in chiropractic school like two years later and I was at life West. Um, and my chiropractor kind of like disappeared, (laughs) um, cause she had babies Mm -hmm. and, that was, that's kind of like how I got into chiropractic and it was a really awesome experience, um, like going through school, but, um, just because it, it led me into this place that I had no idea I was going to go with my life. Um, and then when I graduated from chiropractic school, uh, I met, uh, a, a chiropractor who lived in Jamaica, uh, Tracy Norman, Um, I went and did a service retreat with a couple of people that I graduated with. And that was just like totally opened me up to a new way of practicing really. Um, And I came back, um, went home and stayed with my parents for a little while. And while I was waiting to get licensed and worked in my dad's office and then came back to the Bay and opened my practice with $3,000. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. How did you start a practice with just $3,000? So um, the universe rolled out a red carpet. That's what I always say. I, um, uh, one of my mentors had been on maternity leave for a while, and she was just starting her practice up again. Um, and I knew that she had subleased space to another mentor of mine um, while I was in school. 
And so I had a lunch date with her when I came back to the Bay and I just was like, I want to start a practice. I'm interested in renting space from you. Like, what would that look like? Um, I really wanted my own space, Mm -hmm. uh, but like $3,000 was not going to get me that, especially here where spaces cost $3,000, you know? A month. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, yeah. So I got, I, I mean, I basically got a business license, a website, and she did this really beautiful thing where she, um, like my rent was income based for the first nine months. Um, and it was, it was a percentage, um, of, of what I brought in. Uh, and, and that was super, super helpful. Um, because then it went to like a flat, a flat rate. Um, and we've had completely separate businesses the whole time. Um, and I still, we actually moved to almost three years ago, we moved into a new space because our building got sold and I'm still subleasing space from her. So I think it's important for more people to know that when you're subleasing space, you are running your own business. Mm-hmm. I hear from people a lot who are, who are in a situation where they're working as an independent contractor mm-hmm. and they're, they reach out and say, I'm going to start my own practice soon. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you already have your own practice. Mm-hmm. If you are an independent contractor, you really do, or yeah. you should at least. Yeah. Um, side note. So, okay. Um, yeah, this is really interesting to learn more about like what led you to chiropractic. When you look back now on all of that, how do you feel? I feel really good. Like it's a I mean, good does story. It feel like, yeah, it does. <laughs> and it, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, um, it feels good. I think the other thing I wanted to add is that, um, because of my experience with my dad and his practice, um, he took insurance and mm-hmm. he worked with, um, a lot of Medicare also. And I saw this experience that he had that was really, um, was a lot of energy mm-hmm. and, when I was in school and I learned about cash practices, I was just kind of like, Oh my God, really? (laughs) And so it was like, I, I kind of immersed myself more in that, that those communities within the school setting um, and learned more about that because I felt like that was what I wanted to do. So when I started my practice, I was like, I'm just going to try this. You know, I'm just going to try and see what happens. And I mean, I had two second jobs when I first started my, first started my practice. I was not all in it. You know, I was not going to do screenings. Um, I was not, uh, I did events, but I wasn't going to do screenings because I didn't like the way that those felt. And I was not like, I wasn't going to just go into insurance unless I absolutely had to. Um, and I think especially I felt more confident that in confident in that, because when I looked at the community that I was in, I could see that a lot of people were paying for care, um, out of pocket. I think it's a little, it's pretty accepted here, um, because there's so many different kinds of providers. Uh, and I also knew that I didn't want to work like a full 40 hours a week. Like I really wanted to be able to, I knew that my body wouldn't be able to handle it really. (laughs) Um, 
And I wanted to be able to put energy into growing my business and studying the things that I wanted to study and also work in my business, um, yeah. you know, and, and take care of my clients. So, um, yeah. And then I also did like a business, like a coaching program, maybe a, it was like 2014 to 2015. Um, and I did it with one of my besties from chiropractic school. Uh, and that helped me to niche my um, practice to pregnancy focused, um, a pregnancy focused practice. Uh, and then, yeah, I kind of floated for a couple of years on that, you know, um, I think that's I about you. the time. Yeah. That's about yeah. the time that we connected. Yeah. So where were you out at that time that made you, um, interested in aligned women. What was going on in your practice? Yeah. Um, so I was looking for a one-on-one coach because I had done a group coaching program that was, I was very successful in. Um, and I was really proud of that. And I was really proud of like what I'd created out of that. Um, and I think, so that was like, 2017 that I kind of the end of 2017 I was like okay I'm really I'm ready for more like I'm ready to like bring it up a notch and Mm. some of it was that um my partner and I were just starting to talk about like when we wanted to start trying to conceive and I knew that if I wanted that to have a baby that I needed to figure out where my where my practice was going, you know, and I wanted to set it up so that I could possibly hire an associate or an independent contractor. Then they changed all those laws about independent contractors. So, um, yeah, so I was really like, I need to work on my systems and in particular, like my report of findings because I need to work on retention. Um, and this whole thing that happens where I've got these pregnant clients under these great pregnancy plans and then they disappear postpartum and it's this like time that it's so hard to get people to come back in and um or they come back in for like a couple of months and then they completely disappear and I just really wanted to work on that um and and work on creating more community in my practice um without having to do like lots of events and and that kind of thing Right. Without it really taking more of your time. So we really focused yeah. on how you could do that while keeping some automation <laughs> involved mm-hmm. so that it wasn't time consuming for you. Yeah. And I think like a major thing that happened shortly after we started working together was that you decided to start the nonprofit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk more about the nonprofit? Like what, yeah. first and foremost, do you want to share what made you decide to start the nonprofit? Yeah. So, um, I started the nonprofit in July of 2018 and, um, I, you know, you ignore your student loans for as long as possible. I was on an income based repayment, um, you know, program and whatever, everything just ballooned like hugely, (laughs) And I ended up, um, 
I had a bunch of friends who had done like started nonprofits um, through Hands for Life and which is another like an organization that helps chiropractors start nonprofits. Um, And it's an umbrella organization. So if you start a nonprofit with them, you are uh, you are basically a part of their nonprofit organization. Um, So you don't have your own 501c3 status. And then I had heard about this other chiropractor who created this program. Um, I don't know what it's called now. I think it's loan federal federal loan forgiveness for doctors or something like that. Um, And so I looked into his program a couple of different times and then I finally decided just to do it. So I used a program with like these online modules. It's a self-paced program where you go through all of the steps and he has a legal team that you work with and you set up a nonprofit. And so I started that um, for partially because of the, I wanted to be able to enroll in the public service loan forgiveness but I also had been going to Jamaica every year to volunteer um, with my friend down there and was like helping her to co-facilitate her retreats. And then I also was hosting a event in my office twice a month called the Birth Workers Wellness Happy Hour. And that was an effort for me to like create more community um, in the birth world for the providers as and and care for them as well as giving and and giving them a sliding scale um fee schedule which then i also learned was not necessarily legal um and i I wasn't really aware of that at the time and so this like creating a nonprofit was an opportunity for make for me to expand who i was serving like from a volunteer kind of capacity but also benefit from it by being able to apply for public service loan forgiveness at the end of 120 payments or 10 years, however that pans out in time, you know, time frame. So um, it's been going really, really well. And um, really, I I love the people that we're serving because it's not just birth workers right now. It's, it's all sorts of people. So I'm so glad to hear you say that because it's been at the time that we're recording this almost a year and a half since you started the nonprofit. And I know that in the beginning it was a lot, it was perhaps more time consuming than what you anticipated it would be to get everything started and going. It was a lot. And (laughs) without like knocking the program that I did, like, there was a lot of like communication stuff that came up that was, it's, it's, it's like as a business person, you know, you have this, I have this expectation that other business people communicate in a certain way Mm -hmm. and that's not always the case. So um, yeah, it was a lot more work than I was anticipating. Yeah. And energy. Well, you know. looking back on it now, it sounds though that you're glad that you that you committed that time and energy at that time to get your nonprofit started, mm-hmm. and so that you can serve a wider variety of people, and then also be eligible for the public service loan forgiveness program. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So let's talk a bit more about your practice and the way that it looks now. What has mm-hmm. changed for your for-profit practice over the last couple of years? Um, yeah. So I, 
I've had a front desk, like kind of office manager pretty much the whole time that I worked with you. Um, and I feel like I've gone through a big transformation with that role um, and my expectations of that role. Um, I, I have hired a virtual assistant um, to support me with some other tasks. Um, and that has been something that I don't necessarily know I would have considered. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because it's like, oh, it's an extra expense, you know, to have someone else do work for me that I could just do because I'm only seeing clients, you know, 15 hours a week and I've got all this other time. But the truth is like, I, I need somebody to hold me accountable. And if I don't have someone holding me accountable, then I push off my deadlines. Um, and working with a virtual assistant has really been helpful for me <laughs> with that. Um, I also have been implementing creating dead, like I create deadlines for my staff for her to create deadlines for me. And mm -hmm. that's been something that's been really helpful also. And actually I've been thinking about this a little bit lately. It makes me feel like I'm my dad <laughs> because his, his office manager was like, kind of an iron fist about things with him. And I'm like, I guess I need that a little bit, you know, to, to just kind of keep me moving forward in the way that I want to move forward. Um, I love being my own boss, but I also, I love the, I love having somebody that I'm accountable to besides myself. So. Yeah. Well, I think that um, that's not something that we should feel bad or guilty or wrong about, right? Like needing accountability to get things done or um, not, not being the kind of personality that is just like, oh yeah, there's a deadline coming up. I will get it done because you have a lot of other strengths <laughs> mm -hmm. and especially um, in an entrepreneurial type of personality, deadlines are not our thing. And, um, and that's okay that like, we, we are creative and we are intuitive and um, able to connect with um, like other types of inspiration that a lot of people only wish that they had. Mm -hmm. And yeah. other people like have really great skill sets and um, details and deadlines and things like that's not me. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> not my strength. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you share a bit more about why having a virtual assistant has been a good thing for you? Yeah. Um, so the, so I hired her because I wanted to retrain my office person um, uh, in some, in some ways. And I, I had an office procedures manual that I had taken from a couple other chiropractors and melded all together and, it just wasn't ever really complete. And we just started using Jane at the beginning of this year, uh, 2019. And so like there was nothing about Jane in it. And so I hired this virtual assistant to essentially work on creating a living document. Um, I spent a lot of money on it and I am, I was kind of like, I don't know, it's a lot of money. And I was like, but 
I'm not doing it. And Nicole, my office manager is not doing it because she doesn't have time. So somebody's got to do it because I want, I want somebody to be able to walk into my practice and know exactly how to run it, especially if I'm on maternity leave. And so it was an investment that felt very like, okay, this is the, this is like one of the next steps that I need. And even though it's not something that we use all the time, it's incredible. It's got links. It's a Google document and it's got links to every system that's in our Google docs and our Google drive. Like it's perfect. (laughs) So I'm very happy with the work that she did. Um, And I'm going to, I have some other projects that I'm probably going to hire her for too. (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. So that speaks to the benefit of it for you because at the time that you decided to have someone else create your office procedures manual, you were like, I don't know if I should spend the money on this. And I was like, no, go do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those words. Just have someone else do it, get it done and not add it to your plate. Um, And then you were really happy with the results and the product that she created for you. But now if you're considering having her do other things, then yes, there, that's Mm -hmm. a testament to um, the experience. Yeah. Okay. So let's shift to gears a little bit and talk about what you have learned, especially as someone that grew up in a chiropractic family, what have you learned in aligned women that has been impactful for you? Mm. Um, well, I've been thinking about this. I think that, um, I think that the what some of the most impactful stuff that I've learned is, um, about confidence and uh, like embodying who I am in how I am with in the world around me. Like generally, really, it's not just me as a chiropractor. Um, And I'll, I'll talk about the or the confidence piece first, because uh, last year at some point, when I was looking at raising my rates, I've raised my rates numerous times over the last, well, in numerous ways over the last two years, really. Yeah. Um, and so when I was looking at raising my rates, I was really having a hard time with that. Like I, I didn't want, I just, I don't know. I just had this block and, and I don't feel like I have, a money, like a thing around money. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot with the how to on the budget and, Mm. and that kind of thing. Like I, since I started making a profit, like I have been, I'm, I'm frugal in what I take from my practice. Um, and I don't have a lot of expenses that I think are too much, but I'm also really like in this place of there's always money. Like I'm not worried about money coming in because I know that there's always money coming in. And I've kind of always had that attitude. Um, I think probably like my whole life being responsible for money, you know? Um, And, and so raising my rates was this really like, it was kind of scary. And I know that I remember you referenced, you sent me to a podcast. Um, uh, I can't remember her name. 
Rachel, or she did a podcast. She's an acupuncturist, coach, person. Okay. And yes. And she had this, um, it was a podcast and then like a, or an interview that you did with her. And then there was a training and mm-hmm. the training was all about like, it's not about the m- amount of money that you're asking for. It's about your confidence asking for the money making the recommendation, like the care plan recommendation and attracting those people who want to be working with you. And ever since then, I like, we kind of tweaked our care plans a little bit. And I just have so much more confidence when I'm sharing my care plan. And I'm telling people, this is how much I want to see you. It might sound crazy right now, but we're going to get results faster. And that's what I want for you. And then I hand everything off to Nicole and she talks about the details of the finances and that separation like also creates confidence for me because confidence and like, like a disengagement, like I don't care if that person signs up for a care plan or not. Whereas before I was like, not looking at the numbers, but I need, I need people to sign up you know? Mm -hmm. And right now it's like, we're doing this, um, these wellness, their wellness plans essentially. And they're on an auto debit and it's like, oh, there's all this auto debit money coming in even on the weekends, (laughs) you know? And that feels really good. Um, so that's like, I feel like that's one of the biggest components. I feel like I've kind of graduated, you know, in my, in my doctor, (laughs) Hood, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> that's that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. I, that's okay. This is an interesting thing for me to consider from my perspective, I'm like watching you go through this process too. Because I feel like you're one of the most confident people that I know in practice, and especially when it comes to money, that you're just like, these are my fees, and you practice in an area where, by comparison to other areas of the U.S. Um, it's expensive. It's expensive to live there. It's expensive to work there. Mm-hmm. And so your fees are higher in part because of that. But I've also just felt like your fees are higher because you're clear on the value of what you do. Um, so that's my perspective. <laughs> well, and I, feel like, I feel like a lot of that has come from being in aligned women also, you know, and, and like people comment or people will post something in aligned women. And I feel like I have this wisdom that I've gained from being in action in my own practice and from that confidence, but also from seeing what other people are doing, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, it's like there's this community of support that's um, like, we always have this community to come to to reflect on and be like, Oh, these are, these are my values. These are the things that I want to have be created for my practice and my life. And it's a place for us to come to, to share and be reaffirmed. Like you did the right thing. You're doing the right thing. You're, you know, you're growing in this, in this beautiful way as a doctor and as a, and as a mother or practitioner and a partner, whatever it is, you know? Um, So that's something that I feel like I've really, gotten also from from my community 
Yeah. And I think, you know, when we do these things like um, increasing fees, for example, it might feel scary. And sometimes um, stories come up around money and worthiness and self-esteem, confidence. And if you're doing it on your own, it's really easy to shrink back and say, oh, well, I'm afraid to do that. So I just won't do it. Mm -hmm. But when you see examples of people who have walked through that same path and felt very similar feeling and worked through it and moved ahead and implemented the change and then saw for the most part that like in 95% of cases, maybe even more, like nothing negative happens. In fact, only positive things happen after that change is made. Um, And they say, man, I wish I would have done that sooner. So then you are able to like sort of glean that confidence from them as well when they're able to share or you're able to share that story with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also, I, I also think that like as women, we are emotionally invested in our businesses in such a different way. Yeah. And it's easy to take something really personally or, you know, turn it over what our response should be in our head or, you know, whatever it is, instead of just like shutting off the phone or turning on the auto responder that I'm away or whatever it is, you know, um, I'm preparing to take two weeks off around the holidays and I'm going back and forth. Like, How much information do I need to give people or am I just going to shut down? Yeah. So. Yeah. How much justifying are you going to do around taking that time off? Well, and it's not even justifying. It's like preparing people, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want to do the bare minimum because it's energy that I have to put out now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So, yeah. Okay. So my last question for you is, um, what would you share with someone who has been hearing about aligned women or has thought about um, joining the program herself and has been on the fence? How would you help her know if it's the right thing for her or not? Ooh. um, I think the biggest thing that I would say is like, no matter where you are in practice or if you're not even in practice yet, and you know that there's another way of building a practice or, and like supporting your family, that Align Women has this incredible structure set up to like walk you through every step and support you through every single step, no matter like where you are in your business. And, you know, when I first joined, I was super comfortable seeing my income go up every year and, you know, like all of this, like whatever, I wanted to see more patients um, because I had this idea that even though I'm like a pretty like low volume in the scheme of things, Um, I had this idea of how many patients I really wanted to see. And I realized that it's not about like the number of patients that I'm seeing. um, And, or, and it's not even so much about the income, but that it's about the amount of energy that I'm putting into things. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought that I had this, 
this specific vision for my practice. And now it's pretty different um, being in Aligned Women, just because I've seen so many possibilities of what people can do. And so I have like, I know that my life is going to transition a lot in the next couple of years. And I'm pretty confident that no matter like where I go or what I do, I can have the practice that I want to have. And a lot of that is because of what I've learned in Aligned Women. Um, so, Amen to that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for everything yeah. that you've shared today. This has been um, fun and also um, insightful <laughs> for me cool. too. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the Aligned Women Podcast. If you've loved this show, please share your favorite episode with another woman in chiropractic who you know would love to be more profitable in her practice without sacrificing any more time with her family. And if you love what you hear on this show and want more insight into how you can have both more time freedom and more financial freedom, be sure to take the Aligned Practice Quiz. You can join our newsletter and get your free copy of the quiz at alignedwomen.com forward slash quiz. You'll know in less than 15 minutes what you need to focus on right away to become present and profitable. We'll see you in your email inbox soon.